Hello, Stephen Allen here. Uh, tweetable at Mr. Stephen Allen. These are the sketches that I worked on for the radio in... Uh, where do we get to? October. This is October. Actor Kiefer Sutherland has spoken about his addiction. He says he's addicted to buying guitars. I don't want to make light of a serious issue, but I don't think I'm going to because I don't think guitar addiction is a real thing. You don't hear about it a lot. We started playing the ukulele, you know, just to be sociable. And then a friend, well, I call him a friend, he said I should try a mandolin. Next thing I knew, I was guitaring in the mornings just to feel normal, you know. It's hard to have sympathy for someone who says they're addicted to a stringed instrument, even in a sarcastic way. Oh, really? Let me get a little violin out. Don't do that, it will trigger me. Kiefer said that at his worst, he had almost a hundred guitars, and one of them was worth at least £10,000, and its value is likely to go up. I don't think you need sympathy for making good investments. No one ever said, Oh, I just keep buying houses and making millions. I wish I'd never even start playing Monopoly. I have some sympathy, mainly for your neighbours. But the good news is, if you think you have a problem with guitar use, there is something you can do about it. You can sing. I woke up this morning... I bought a guitar It's my fifth one this week I might be taking things too far And I need help Yeah I need to give in That's right Cause Keith Richards has got lots of guitars Look at the state of him I have a theory of how we can improve things. Polling booths should be moved miles out of towns and have lots of traffic wardens. That way, people would have to drive, and if you can't use a car park correctly, you don't get to vote. You see some anti-geniuses parking like they were driving with their knees. You'll see a space where two cars could fit, but one prize plum is parked right in the middle. Or someone straddling the white line of a parking space because, well, I don't want to get my car scratched. And what, everyone else who sticks to the lines does? Thanks for that. I'd send these people to jail if it weren't for the fact they'd leave the car right outside, double parked for five to ten. I once saw a 4 by 4 driver in a supermarket who managed to take up four spaces. Some people think they should get a parking ticket. I think they should get four. But I say this as new researchers found that if we park better, we could free up 17% more parking spaces. And all of those people who say, the country's full, would stop if we park better. If we all fit in there, there'd be more space to park. But why stop there? I have my other theory that I've talked about before, that cars should be legally required to be shorter. That way, what is now a three-mile queue would suddenly be a two and a half mile queue. If we crack the obesity epidemic, yeah, that's good for the nation's health, but also it would help overcrowding on trains. And if the NHS filled beds like they do in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, we could be onto a winner there too. When it comes to packing people in, we could certainly learn a lot from the budget airlines like Ryanair and Monarch. And do you know what? Now I say that out loud, I realize, yep, yeah, back to the drawing board. Back to the drawing board. Bear Grylls was at the Tory party conference. I know, I was surprised too. Yes, Bear, famous for surviving near vile critters and eating utter dung, has... You don't need to finish that one. Yeah, fair play. Let's have a listen to what he said. I am not here as Bear Grylls. Then the caption on the screen needs updating. I am here to champion young people desperate for a voice. Does he think he's at the X Factor audition? I like the hair. I like the look. I think you could go all the way. I'll tell you this, I was much further behind, I think, in 2007, uh, and then went on to win in 2008. Bear also said, I'm here as chief scout to the greatest movement 
ever. And he knows a good movement. He's eaten them from most animals in his time. If I was Prime Minister and I could make a relatively small investment in scouting, that £50 million pounds would be the best money I'd ever spend. <laughs> that is good value. £50 million. You'd barely get 5% of a DUP vote for that. But what happened since? To find out more, let me do my impression of our political reporter, Rajdeep Sandhu. Hello, Steve. Oh, you're good at doing that voice. So, what's been happening? Fair received some hate on Twitter. People were saying they didn't think he should appear at a political conference. And one said they watched his speech and thought bears only did that in the woods. Ouch. He's used to living with no heat, food or water, so I'm sure he'll cope with a few tweets. That's true. He's the guy to go to if you want to know how to survive when you have very little chance of making it in a hostile environment. So I bet Theresa May watched his speech. Today, I... (coughs) Sorry. Today, I would... (coughs) You okay? Hey, if it's good enough for the PM, it's good enough for BBC Radio Kent. Yes, Prime Minister Theresa May had a coughing fit while she was trying to make her speech at the Conservative Party conference. She coughed so much, there was a guy on the second row, one who wants to be a millionaire. Let's take a listen. (coughs) And we... At first, I thought she was doing that thing where you cough to cover an insult or a swear word. You know, she'd say something like, I back Boris 100%, and then, buffoon. Sorry, a bit of a cough. Was this a great speech or a really bad one? To find out, I'm joined by a blogger, because apparently they're experts now. Hello. Hello, Steve. What did you make of her performance? It was inspired. Inspired by a fisherman's friend. Well, they'll be happy with the new fish quotas. But what of the speech? You know when you want to get someone's attention and you go, ahem, well, Teresa managed to do that all the way through her speech. And she was doing that to make us pay attention. It worked, didn't it? But what about the other problems, like when the letter fell off the sign behind her? That's how strong she was coughing. Wow. Also at the speech, a comedian that I used to gig with rushed to the stage to give Theresa May a P45. Joke's on him. With all the coughing she was doing, he's probably got flu now. I won't be going near him for a while. She shouldn't be spreading her germs around, because if there's one person who knows the NHS can't cope with a bad winter flu, it's her. She actually talked about the NHS in her speech, and she had this to say. (coughs) And we... (coughs) Oh, should have seen that coming. You know, there's an important message to the story I'm looking at today. Oh, tell us more. Nine out of ten Brits admit to having moments of brain fade. That's like times when you walk into a room and forget what you went in there for. In general, that's just a slight annoyance, although it could ruin a TV show. And there you are. You are in the cube. Oh, what are all these silly red balls doing in Eight lives remaining. But 9 out of 10, that's most of us that have these brain fades, and the other 1 out of 10 probably just forgot that they had them. These are the things that are normally called senior moments. But that's wrong, they happen to us at any age. We all forget what we're doing, but only when you get older do you think it's because of your age. They can happen no matter how young you are, which means for some, the first thought they would have had after being born would have been, what did I come out here for? Some people blame technology, saying that these days technology does too much for us and it's making us stupid. I'm not so sure. You never see a boffin struggling with a self-scan till. The people you see shouting, But there ain't nothing in the bagging area! are the kind of people who shout at their remote control because they can't text on it. Einstein said that we shouldn't memorise things like phone numbers, we should use our brain for better things. And he was right. These days we don't need to fill our heads with phone numbers, they're all in our phone. And if our phones break, well we just never see those people ever again. And what's the moral of the story? You what? You said there was an important message to this one. Did I? Oh, well, must have slipped my mind. Yeah. 
They say that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. I mean, it's not. It doesn't have a dessert course. But it's still an important one. It's certainly my top seven meals of the day. That explains a lot. But new figures show that sales of cereals are falling as more people get their breakfast from coffee shops. Experts say it's because we're too busy, but I'm not sure the cooking involved in a cereal breakfast is the problem. If Nigella ever brings out a book on how to prepare coffees and cereal, you'll know she stopped trying. She'd still make it sound rude, though. Okay, so what I like to do is to get my huge cups, then grab some bowl and splash my milk all over. The thing is, you never know what's in a breakfast cereal. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, it's not going to be another rant about sugar. No, I'm not Jamie Oliver. Only time I've earned the nickname Naked Chef was when I didn't want to spill anything down my new clothes. That's how you got the nickname Little Chef. There's a company in America that's been legally forced to remove love from the list of ingredients of its granola cereal. I see what they're trying to do, made with love, but they listed it in the actual ingredients section. Those ingredients are listed in order of amount, so there's no way it should be listed before sugar. Here it goes. No, I just don't think it should be an ingredient. It makes it seem soulless, like it's reconstituted animal love. I mean, best case, they should be allowed to list it in the allergy section. May contain traces of love. And that way, I could finally have one of those special dietary requirements. Oh, so you're coming around for dinner tonight, Steve. Uh, Anything you don't eat? Oh, yes, nothing with references to intangible human emotions. Oh, but we like saying we make our food with love. Yeah, but trust me, it makes the rest of us feel sick. Sometimes I like to talk about the biggest news out there. So I looked on social media to see which story was the one that got people going. thought it would have been the news that Theresa May said, the ball is in the EU's court on Brexit. I thought we voted to take back control. I was expecting to see tweets saying things like, the ball's in the EU's court. We don't want anything to do with those courts. That wasn't the biggest story. What was? Snapchat stopped working for a little bit. Yes, the photo sharing app had a problem and the internet went into meltdown about it. Just because you don't understand something doesn't mean mean it's wrong, so maybe I'm too old. I looked into it. For those who don't know, Snapchat is a way of sending a photo that's destroyed after 10 seconds. Like the total opposite of a Polaroid. It's a cross between a photo app and leaving a message for the guy on Mission Impossible. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to send nudes. Yes, that's the other thing it's famous for, people using it to send rude photos. So you'd think the world could cope without that for a few hours. At first, it seems like an app where the photo disappears after 10 seconds is pointless. But imagine if all of your friends' holiday photos photos were like that. The hours you'd get back. Well, to find out more, I'm joined by a young person. So what was the problem? If Snapchat ain't working, it means you can't maintain your streak. So it is about being naked? Nah, a streak is where you send pictures back and forth between you and friends with no stopping. What a waste of time. Do you know, I think it's good for you that Snapchat went down. Meant you get your head out of social media for once in a while. So what did you do when you couldn't use Snapchat? I went on Twitter to moan about it. Yep, we're all doomed. Another story about health and safety in the news. We often hear these days that children are required to wear safety goggles before playing conkers or a hazmat suit before they can drink milk. And we all say, Oh, it's health and safety gone mad. It seems like we're wrapping kids up in cotton wool, which you're not allowed to do these days in case the cotton wool was manufactured in a facility that also contains nuts. But in the latest part of this story, there's a petition to ban fireworks. I spoke to some fireworks fans and they said... 
but then they always say that. Thousands of people have signed this protest to stop the explosive celebrations, and the more I think about it, the more I agree. I know there's that immediate urge within us to resist change and say, Fireworks never did me any harm. But to many people, they do. Do you remember those public information ads about not picking up a sparkler while it's still hot? That's why this is different to the other health and safety stories. The government don't have to make ads that say, You there, thinking of stopping that swinging conker with your open eye? Well, don't. If fireworks didn't exist already, you wouldn't be allowed to invent them. How about, like, a national holiday that we celebrate by setting off gunpowder explosions? But wouldn't that be dangerous and freak out pets? Yeah, but it'll look nice. And I know that it's gunpowder we use because gunpowder was used in the gunpowder plot, but we celebrate Easter without using wood and nails. So, I think I might sign the petition. I might champion the cause, use my celebrity status. Oh dear. And then the fireworks might get banned. And if they do, oh, the party I'll throw. We'll be rubbish because we won't be allowed any fireworks. And so, it's time to say a painful farewell. The old pound coin is no longer legal tender. I hate saying goodbye to pounds. I know, I've been to the pub with you. When it came out in 1983, it replaced the one pound note and made it much harder to put money in a charity bucket without sounding cheap. Not everyone was happy about it. Here's a real Vox, a recording of people in the street. I think it's an absolute travesty. I can't see anybody using it. I can see people losing them. And he's right. There's a statistic that says something like 18 pounds down the back of every sofa. I tried to find some, and that's why I'm banned from DFS. It's not heavy enough. Not heavy enough? It was replacing a piece of paper. A blind person would mistake it for a five pence piece. What he didn't know was that years later they'd solve that by making five peas so small if you sneeze while sorting out your change you could cost yourself 50p. Some people like them though. Would you be sorry to see the old one pound note disappear? No, because these, I shan't because these are cleaner. Notes get very dirty. She's right. If all of our notes were coins, everything would be cleaner and we go a long way to sorting out the cocaine problem. Problem. The old pound was a good British pound, the kind of pound that won us the, well not the war, the lottery. It won some people the lottery. Sure, it wasn't perfect. They were easily forged. I read that there was one fake coin that had a head on both sides. That would have cured Harvey Two-Face Dent in Batman. But it's been good to us, the old pound. You have served us well. But with the forgery, the weakening value, and now this new better one, you are well and truly spent. Well, this is embarrassing. What? Well, I haven't written one of these today. Well, why not? I didn't think we'd need one. When the sky turned red yesterday, I presumed we were all doomed, so I didn't bother. Why do you think the world was going to end? Well, I'm easily led. I was at a bus stop, and the sky started to darken. The guy next to me said... What's happening? I don't know. Everything's gone a strange orange colour. It's like being in Essex again. It's the sky. Look. Oh, the sun's red. And so is the Daily Mail and the Mirror and the... No, you idiot. The sun in the sky is coloured red. It's bad news for Superman. He gets his powers from Earth's yellow sun. You don't get out much, do you? And when I do, the sky does this. It's like they say, red sky at night, shepherd's delight. Red sky in the middle of the afternoon, judgment day is coming soon. Oh, no. I haven't finished my bucket list. I've only ticked off seven of the ten items. Don't talk daft. It's Saharan dust colouring the sky. But where did this Saharan dust come from? The Sahara. It's the rapture. The Blondie song. We all face the final judgement. Oh no, I'm in trouble. I've done some naughty things. Calm down. You don't know what those seven items on my bucket list were. It's a sign. It's a sign I'll need to watch me car. No, I know what it is. I went to a psychic a while back and she said, the end of the world is nigh and it will be orange. That's it. The end of the world. She was right. She might be right, but she didn't mean this. 
impeachment Donald Trump. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Poor Hillary Clinton. She's not had a good run of it. She was beaten by Barack Obama to be the Democratic candidate two elections ago, then beaten by Donald Trump in the last election. Not sure why she ever wants to be back in the Oval Office when you know what Bill got up to in there. I think she wants to make it a no-smoking office. But she's in the UK plugging her new book, What Happened. Spoiler alert, she's not too busy to tour, so I think you can guess the ending. It seems like her political career is over, and I'll tell you why. She's been given an honorary doctorate. She's done for. Making her seem cleverer isn't going to make her more popular with the people. She was up against a man who once said, You know what uranium is, right? It's a thing called nuclear weapons and other things, like lots of things are done with uranium, including some bad things. He didn't even Google it. But no one likes clever now. That's why we hear people say things like, I think the people in this country have had enough of experts. And it's caught on. I've spoken to people who've said, Yeah, but what do experts know? Well, they know more than people who know nothing. Do they? Do you know what nothing means? What do I look like? Some sort of expert? If you don't like experts, next time you get a rash, don't go to the doctors. Go and ask Bob down the market. And good luck with that hook when you get it. And an honorary doctorate is worse than a real one, because it makes you come off as clever, while not actually making you more useful. If someone collapses in a restaurant and someone shouts, Is there a doctor in the house? She now has to say yes and waste valuable seconds explaining why she can't do anything. But it's not all bad news for Hillary. She's been honoured in another way too. Swansea University has also named a college after her, the Hillary Rodham Clinton School of Law. And the best tribute of all, it's a no-smoking building. Sometimes people in TV make really stupid decisions. Is that how you got on the mesh report? Oh, I do hope that's setting up a joke for later and not just blatantly going on about my TV work. But the powers that be in TV land have decided to get rid of Crime Watch. Why? It's not like we're free of crime in the UK. Okay, more crime these days has gone online, and that makes for worse reconstructions. I was sat at the computer when I clicked on the wrong website, and the next thing, uh, the whole NHS crashed. I'm going to miss that show. Without it, we won't have the saying, Body for Baywatch, face for Crime Watch, eh? <laughs> Do you know I dated someone like that once? What was she like? Really good looking. Her face was fine. She just looked like a professional police officer. But her body looked like David Hasselhoff. Yeah, the show had its flaws. Like, how are we supposed to recognise all of those Minecraft characters with their pixelated faces? And it's all very well saying, don't have nightmares. Maybe if you solve more of the crimes, I wouldn't wake up in the middle of the night hugging my pillow, calling it Inspector Daddy. Anyway, but there's so much they could have done with that show. I always wanted to see crossover episodes. You don't like when a character from Cheers would appear in Frasier. I wanted to see an episode where Crime Watch and Antiques Roadshow teamed up and finally worked out where most of that gear comes from. But now that Crime Watch is ending after 33 years, what can we do if we want to see some dodgy-looking, shifty-faced character on BBC TV of an evening? Isn't the match report coming back soon? I knew there was a reason you mentioned it. Knew it. Earlier this week, there was a news alert on my phone, and it said... White House in lockdown as someone tries to jump over the fence. I couldn't have been the only one to think, was that Melania trying to get out? Well, now the internet thinks she may have already left. There's a conspiracy theory that Melania has been replaced by a body double. It's not the first time one of Trump's wives has been replaced, but normally it's by someone who's much younger. The plot goes deep. So to find out more, I'm joined by a conspiracy theorist. Hello. It's the government that wants you to call me that, Steve. And it says it on your Twitter profile? Yeah, that too. Why do people think there's a replacement Melania? Looking at the photographs of her with Trump recently, she's wearing real big sunglasses. And? What is she hiding? Well... 
her face from the sun. I mean, that's what sunglasses are for. You think she needs to shield her eyes from a big orange ball of gas? You know who she's married to, right? Okay, I'll give you that, but she's hardly the first person to wear big sunglasses. What about Victoria Beckham? Alien. Bono from U2? Robot. Yoko Ono? Well, she's perfectly normal. I don't get you at all. There's another theory out there that Donald Trump has hired a buddy double for himself. Ouch. Imagine getting that casting call. But this is serious. There could be in the White House someone with no political experience, knowledge, or ability to do the job. So? Now I'd say it out loud. Yeah, I kind of hear it. Okay, no reason to worry. Now, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, because that's what the government wants me to be. But I had a theory that's been proven right. If I have a bad stand-up gig... So you do it every week? I'll nip into a supermarket on the way home and buy some naughty food to cheer myself up. And if I buy really bad stuff, I don't use my loyalty card, because I don't want that on my permanent record. And now, my worst fears are coming true. There's a scheme where GPs will access the details of your loyalty cards to see if you're eating healthily. So if I'd used my cards all the time like a trusting sheep, my doctor would know. It know I could draw stand up. The plan is to see if your doctor can work out if you're buying unhealthy food and give you advice. But we know the advice already. I don't think anyone buys a tub of ice cream thinking it's health food. Well, it's strawberry flavour, so it's want to be five a day. And I don't trust big corporations with all that data that they collect about me. So you don't use your loyalty card? Well, I do. I want the savings. But I buy things that I don't need to keep the data analysts confused. I may be a single man who lives on his own, but I still buy nappies. Analyse that. I buy vegan burgers and steak and my favourite shop recently I bought egg-free mayonnaise and eggs doesn't that cost you more than you save yeah but it's worth every penny just to keep them off my trail in the first part of the trial they're looking for over a hundred volunteers but who'd want their GP knowing what they've been buying they can look at what you've bought and have a guess at what's wrong with you well they'd wonder why you've been buying all those nappies nope I don't want anyone knowing the kind of food I eat says in the paper anyone taking part in the trial gets a free £10 voucher I've changed my mind I'll do it think of all the chocolate I could buy I want to talk about people who complain to Ofcom for no good reason. Oh, too soon. No, not about that. About the Great British Bake Off. The problem is, the people who complain to Ofcom for no good reason are the hardest group to make jokes about because, well, they'll just complain to Ofcom about it. But here goes. Ofcom has said it won't investigate Noel Fielding after people bothered to complain that he got in a fridge during one of the episodes. When I heard that people complained, I wasn't surprised. I expected some of the complaints to read. I'm disgusted that Noel got in a fridge on national television. It is plain to see that technically he is uncooked meat and as such should not have been stored above cooked produce. The complainers were upset that children might copy what they see on TV and climb in a fridge. Okay, Noel didn't need to get in a fridge to present the show. They were just trying to be quirky, trying to keep things fresh. Well, it should stay fresh in the fridge. If you're worried that children will copy what they see on TV, why not complain about the milk tray ads? Not only is jumping out of a helicopter a health and safety issue, but regardless of leaving chocolate, it's still breaking an entry. 55 people complained and Ofcom gave a statement saying All fridges made after 1960 must include a mechanism to open the door from inside. So, fridges aren't actually dangerous these days. I'd be more worried that the children copy everything else they see on Bake Off and waste hours baking cakes. No, seriously, looking forward, obesity will kill far more humans than fridges. So, if you see something you don't like, instead of getting angry and complaining, why don't you just try and cool off? They could get in a fridge? Oh, don't say that. Oh, the letters will get... 
Shocking news. Operating theatres are wasting two hours. Now, I'm in no place to judge. I've often wasted two hours. I've seen many Jason Statham films. But the NHS is wasting two hours a day. And there aren't that many Jason Statham films, thankfully. A new study has found NHS hospitals could carry out 280,000 more non-emergency operations a year by organising operating theatre schedules better. Now, I've not looked into exactly the kind of efficient planning they mean, but I presume it's things like, if you're having your new hips, get your cataracts done at the same time. You're going to be moving a lot faster. Better see what's coming at you. And if someone's having an operation on his right side, why not book him in at the same time as someone who's having an operation on his left side? They can lie on their sides on the operating table, and you've got yourself a two-for-one. The problem is, as you'll know if you've ever tried to get on a train or get served anywhere or do anything in Britain, people can't organise. There was an actual headline early this year that read, Day Trip to Brewery Cancelled. So we can't even organise that. It's hard to get people being efficient at work. Most of us show up, make a coffee, and then head off to the loo and stay there till you've upped your hourly rate to what you think you're worth. But it doesn't mean give in. If the operating theatres are unused for two hours a day, let's get them on Airbnb. Or in two hours of spare hospital room, you could film four episodes of Casualty. What I'm saying is, you have to think smart. I'm coming up with all these ideas, and no one is putting them into practice. If Jeremy Hunt calls, should we put them straight through to you then? I would, but I'm off to the loo for about four hours till I hit minimum wage. 57-year-old Karen Grieve was delighted when she got on a flight to Greece and found she was the only passenger on it. That speaks to her self-esteem, because if that happened to me, I know my first thought would be, why is this happening? Do I smell? It just so happened that no one else was booked on that flight, so in effect, she had a private jet for £46. Okay, it's not quite a private jet, there was still a chance her luggage would get lost. And if it was a budget airline, even if you're the only one on that flight, they'll still make you wait your turn to board the plane. Flight 5050 is now boarding. Yep, here we go. Passengers who have paid for priority boarding only. Oh, okay. Now boarding passengers with any push chairs or children. Nope, just me. Now boarding passengers with difficulty walking. Oh. Now boarding passengers with difficulty singing. What? Now boarding left-handed passengers. Oh, for crying out loud. Now boarding any passengers not called Steve. Oh! The passenger, Karen, said... The pilot, Kim, sat beside me and chatted to me for about five minutes while the co-pilot was uh, getting everything organised. Oh, yeah, there were more people in the cockpit than in the cabin. Laura did say to me right at the beginning, you have free reign to run all over the plane. Oh, you would, wouldn't you? You'd do your Harrison Ford impression too. Who's going to stop you? Fairly obvious there's no air marshal on that flight. Sadly, we can't really tell when there'll be a flight with no one else booked on it. So if you want to get that VIP treatment where you're the only one in a place, why not come and see my show at next year's Edinburgh Festival? Outrage as the European court ruled that the card game Bridge is a card game and not a sport. Oh, the European court. That won't go down well. On the run-up to the EU referendum, I can't tell you how many callers I had saying, I don't mind being part of the largest trading block. I don't mind people having human rights. But if these unelected bureaucrats think they can tell me if bridge is a sport or not, I'm voting that. The English Bridge Union began legal action after Sport England refused to recognise the card game. Some say that bridge is a card game and not a sport because, well, if you had to explain to someone what it is, you'd say, you know, the card game. Bridge has a lot in common with some sports. A lot of people who take part are on drugs. But for bridge, it's mainly for their lumbago. It goes on for a really long while before there's a winner, and that's the dictionary definition of cricket. But if you're a sport, 
thought you'd expect to hear it covered on the Sports Hub. Welcome back to the Bridge Championship. As she takes another card, it's a good hand. They think it's all over. Well, it is now. To find out more, I'm joined by a bridger deer, as I believe they're called. No, no, we're not. Do you think that bridge is a sport? Oh, yes. But bridge doesn't involve physical activity. It does if we use the cards from Bruce's play all cards right. And bridge can really bring people together. I think you're thinking of an actual bridge. It helps older people get out of the house and keeps them active. So we want to see it made into a sport and then included in the Olympics. Anything else you want? Yes. We'd better get a chairlift for the medal podium, just in case. Isn't technology great? Computers used to be the size of a house, and now we have several inside our homes. Things keep getting smaller, which is why, in the old days, if you wanted to mess up and leave important government information around, you had to leave a whole laptop on a train or in a wine bar. But now, you can just leave a USB stick in the street. And that's what's happened, as a flash drive was found that contained detailed files about Heathrow Airport. Within the information was details of the route the Queen takes to Heathrow, but that'd just be the Piccadilly line. I mean, Green Park to Heathrow. It's not tricky, you don't even need to look at the map. Don't be daft. The Queen doesn't travel on the tube. Well then, why does the announcement say this? This is Green Park. Exit for Buckingham Palace. A reminder to get out for Buckingham Palace. Who else do you think lives there? Oh dear. A man found the USB drive in the street 10 miles away from the airport. It's like the modern-day version of finding an unspooled cassette by the side of the road. Do you remember when that used to happen? I always used to think that if I collected the tape, fit it inside an old case, and listened to it, I'd get some Russian voice with some top-secret instructions. But if you actually ever did it, you'd know, you'd just get this. Obviously, the people at Heathrow are upset that someone can carelessly lose something of value like that. And to that we say, Yep, and now you know how we feel about our suitcases. It's that time of year when we think of things that are horrifying, terrifying, utterly scary. Were you wearing a mankini again? No, and that was lederhosen last time, I've just gained weight. But it's Halloween, a time to be afraid of ghosts, ghouls, and things that go trump in the night. Don't you mean bump in the night? You don't know what I've been eating. Halloween is a big deal these days. In terms of money spent, Halloween is bigger than Valentine's Day. One is a scary time of year when you find yourself filled with dread, and the other is Halloween. Yes, I did not get any cards. I remember it always used to be Guy Fawkes Night we were focused on, but not now. It's because things like the Twilight films and Michael Howard have made people think that vampires are sexy. Plus, hearing a story of someone who wants to blow up government this happens in the news a lot these days. But Halloween has many downsides. If you go to a Halloween party and pull, wake up in the morning, see the clothes on the floor and think, Oh no, I've slept with a zombie. Still, it's nice to have a relationship where he wants you for your brains. We're missing a trick. Guy Fawkes Night is the best. It teaches young people not to question authority. Halloween teaches young people to go around throwing eggs and flour. And they get enough of that from the Great British Bake Off. I want to set up a group of like-minded people who want to support Guy Fawkes Night. I think we get on like a house on fire. But I suppose I should get on board. And this year for Halloween, I'm dressing up as something truly terrifying, horrifying and scary. Or is it? It's a man with a clipboard on the high street. 
Ah, the end of the month. So I've not finished doing all of the ones. We've pretty much done as much as we're going to do in December. I don't work hard towards the end of it. Here's the sketches that I did this month. Why not follow on Twitter at Mr. Stephen Allen? You could subscribe to the podcast as well. You do that by searching for Steve and Allen's Week in your podcast app.